So, Luke, mm-hmm. uh, my question to you for this intro yeah. is what is the most interesting piece of baseball trivia that you know? And I know that you know a lot about, like, the that song, like, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, but I'm wondering if there's anything else. Uh, any other baseball trivia? I do have a little base. I feel like you're hitting towards something that's a bit or a gag or something, but I do have a bit of trivia I research for this episode. Do you want me to give that trivia now or only pre-existing I- trivia, stuff I didn't know beforehand? No, just anything, anything that you have. Um, well, the all-time uh, uh, best batting average, career batting average was by, of Ty Cobb. It was a three ninety four batting average. I looked that up for this episode. Wow, so like out, like four out of every ten pitches, basically. Uh, pretty much. Bar- barely under four out of every ten pitches he struck. Connected. Uh, that's incredible. That's very cool. Um, mine is mm-hmm. that... Uh, if if there's ever any irritation like mm. in the eyes of like baseball players mm. or people in the stands mm-hmm. they actually need to apply eye drops mm. um mm-hmm. because yeah. there's no crying in baseball <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i'm okay with that gag because hey oh t- I was about to say I, I'm okay with that because I got to share my piece of trivia. I just double-checked my notes, and I got my number wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is wrong. Our hardcore baseball fans have immediately deleted this episode off of their phones. It was 366. 394 is the batting average of the baseball legend we see in this episode. Uh, Chip's baseball uh, batting average. Chip Braverton. Better than Ty Cobb. Better huh? than Ty Cobb was the piece of trivia for this episode. He is uh, better than anybody. But then also I looked it up, and some people have had um, perfect batting averages in baseball history. Because but is it because they retired? It's because they batted, like, very few times. There's, like, one guy who only batted three times in a, in a season, and he, uh, and he hit the ball every like time. Like a pitcher or a catcher so has, or something. They're just not regularly in the rotation. Like something like know? that. Exactly that. He And he had a 1.0 batting average. But people don't talk about that a lot for some reason. I don't know where... Where is the line drawn? I think all you need to do is just be a regular hitter. So if you're... Anyway, Scooby Dudes. Hello. Scooby, <laughs> Scooby Dudes. All right, listeners. We've drawn you in with these tantalizing details, with these juicy bits, with these character moments, this this friendship between me and Evan. You're, you're clearly seeing... We can only be the Scooby Dudes. We are very obviously, very clearly, two best friends, and we are talking about our favorite meddling kids and their dumb dog too. Who is obviously Scooby Doo? That's as we've prepared you for in this intro. Uh, we've got another. We just did one a little bit ago. We've got another baseball-themed episode for you, listeners. This is, I think, what people really want more of. Uh, this takes place decades after that one this is be cool scooby-doo which is at the time of this recording the most recent television series iteration of scooby-doo it is it's some people's favorite series we've said before that this is the series that started this podcast that when i just had to talk about it and we had to talk about it to you listeners this is um some of our listeners favorite series we have one listener who keeps asking us when we're going to cover it again you know who that listener is evan is it you it's JCB. It's John Colton Berry. <laughs> he keeps me like, when are you guys going to cover Sco- Be Cool Scooby-Doo again? That show is so amazing. I got to hear you guys talk about that again and how funny it is. But we love JCB and we love this show. And personally, I love this episode. Grand Scam. Or was it The Grand Scam? I think it's just Grand Scam. Did you want to hit our listeners with a synopsis? 
I did, I want to beat these guys over the head with a synopsis. Honestly, I want to do violence to them. With okay, hang on. The premise is Luke. Luke violence <laughs> yeah. for violence's sake. <laughs> 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 the rule of the beasts. Quote this Obama meme to us again. Violence for violence's sake is the rule of the beasts. That's funny enough the exact premise of this episode is listed <laughs> on the Scooby Wikia. That's crazy. But it, it makes sense. The premise is Shaggy learns that the minor league baseball stadium of his youth is about to be shut down because of a ghostly baseball player who is scaring the fans away. That ghostly baseball player again is Chip Brave. Luke, Luke, there's a fly. It's 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 around, it's hovering around your microphone. Yeah, I'm trying. I don't want to finish swat my it. thought. I don't want to finish my thought till I hang on. Let me do that. Hang on. Braverton killed it right after I said. I just I realized I needed to get it out in order to kill the fly, <laughs> and I did that. Now everything is perfect. We have completed the perfect intro. Is there any other part of our intro? No, I think that's it. Two dudes talking about Scooby-Doo. Two dudes just like you. Unless you're a lady, mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doos. So with Be Cool Scooby-Doo, um... I would say, funnily enough, because we love this show so much, doing a blow-by-blow recap is almost more difficult because we want to savor and pour over every detail. So this week, we're going to go straight into the outro. Evan and I are just going to both say whether we like the episode, we're going to say good or bad. And no, not even, we're just going to say thumbs up. We're just going to show thumbs up to each other. And then we're going to go, hmm, as we see what we see. And then we'll go into the outro. We're going to say, hmm, so regardless of, of hmm. the direction of the thumb. We'll give each other some levity with inflection. You can uh, kind of put some spin, put some mustard, if you will. Kind of like what you put on a hot dog, baseball pun. Not baseball pun, baseball reference. Uh, but it's got to be a hmm. What do you think? And please answer in thumb form. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. I'm... I was thinking about, um, you know how they're the guys, they go up and down the, the stands or whatever, and they've got the like vendors, concessions, yeah. sometimes hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> There's this one vine of this guy, and he's kind of like a largest black dude with glasses, and he's like walking up and down, and he just goes, Skittles! <laughs> <laughs> he just, just yells Skittles like at the top of his lungs. Screams it at, at people in the stands. Yeah. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's... Very funny. I mean, you kind of got to hawk your wares hard if you want to sell stuff there, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Hang on, Evan. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Let's... Hmm. Hmm. And now... <laughs> and now... Yeah. Hmm. You know what, Evan? There's so much in that mmm of yours, I want to break it down. Can we break your mmm down? I know we were planning on just going right to the outro. Can we break down the mmms this episode? Well, let's start with my mmms. It's, um... Yeah. We start with the cold open, blah blah blah. There's a ghost guy who shows up, and and as with the demon of the dugout, he uh, he messes with a baseball game. Yeah, in both cases, he disrupts a baseball game during a rather climactic moment, and I I think in both cases it's happened a couple of times up to this point, such that everyone's kind of at their limits with the with being scared. In this case, the guy at bat is visibly frightened. 
um, which kind of gives us that context. Uh, and I think it's cool seeing people at a baseball game actually feeling some emotion there. That's kind of uncommon for that setting. It's, it's so funny. I he, Okay, again, I, we're going to try to keep this like, a tight episode. <laughs> yeah. I just need to break down some of the gags and the jokes because they're so funny. They're so good. They're so good. Oh, dude, run through them with us. I have, I have a list of my favorite gags as well, but we just, we have to So cover. there's there's the there's the batter. He's one of the Gypsy Moths, which is the home team. Um, and he is very nervous because as the announcer says that there's a ghost um and and he starts to, to motion to to point in behind the pitcher and the announcer is like oh and he appears to be calling a shot this is gonna be a long one he's telling the infield to get way back <laughs> calling a homer babe ruth style except he points with his hand and not his bat and and then um and then the announcer even follows it all up by saying oh kramer was pointing to a ghost <laughs> There's uh, so many great gags. There's a gag about uh, it being free poncho night. So there's people dressed up in what looks like ghost sheets. It's, uh, I think it's a really solid intro. And I make a joke about baseball being boring. I think I, I need to disclose a couple of things real quick if I can, kind of unrelated to the episode. Can I take a moment and I will keep it brief? Yeah, please. Thank you. Uh, I'll proceed with caution, Your Honor. But I recently went to a company-sponsored baseball game at my work and experienced firsthand how boring baseball is. <laughs> it is so boring. People must have thought I was on the edge of my seat when really I was just like dying for everybody to be struck out. Like, come on, strike out, strike. You can't even get that out of it. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't stay for the whole game. I didn't even stay for the whole game. I realized that other people were leaving, and I was too absorbed in dying for the game to end to realize that I had permission to go earlier. It was devastating. The, yeah, you uh, could start to you could start to leave in like the eighth inning. Yeah, I guess that's. I mean, ideally the first inning. Prior to that, prior to parking, I think would be ideal. But ugh, I, some people love it. My coworkers, a lot of my coworkers really like this. It's a yearly thing, but I just freaking can't, couldn't stand it. What is what is the team? Uh, it's the Minnesota Twins. Oh, the Twins, right? That were or whatever the Twins. Um, the other thing I have to announce and disclose is that my coworkers found out today that I have a Scooby-Doo podcast. And so if my coworkers are listening to this right now, I do a character on the podcast. This is not who I am. <laughs> you guys gotta know, this is not the real yeah, sweet, mild This is, this is the Colbert Report of Scooby-Doo podcast. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Guys, no, I'm, but I, I hope my coworkers are not listening to this. I conspicuously did not tell them the name of the podcast, and I mean, they're not competent. I don't think they can Google it out, so I'm pretty sure I'm fine. Yeah, you, I mean, these people watch baseball. They're Neanderthals. You think those idiots you work with could uh, could maybe type, type out uh, a couple keywords into Google? I'm typing into Google Scooby-Doo Podcast Luke, and I want to see... <laughs> don't do it. I don't want to know. Oh, look at this. The first link is our Patreon. The second link is our website. The third link is uh, our iTunes page. So what I want to say, what we've learned from this, is that clearly the means it takes to get to that information is far beyond my incompetent coworkers. <laughs> There's no chance. I'm safe, is what I'm hearing. Safe, baseball, back on track. Um, that's, that's what I had to say. But this episode, despite my recent aversion therapy to baseball was so entertaining. I think part of the joy comes from the fact that it happens after hours, like the original one that we just saw uh, so recently. I mean, at some point, hopefully, hopefully, we'll be so able much to happens. talk to Jonathan yeah. Colton Berry, JCB, mm. um, about 
how this episode came about. But really, the number of parallels between this and Demon of the Dugout, there are so numerous. Numerous, you were going to say. I was going to say, I'm not sure. what. Can we run through the parallels real quick? Because I didn't pick up on too many of them. Okay, so both of the episodes start out with um the with their I was I was gonna say it doesn't matter who the home team is or whatever. Actually, it does with the home team at mm. bat. Yes. And then before the all three strikes can be thrown or all three pitches or balls or whatever, um, uh, the ghost comes and and effectual, effectively ends the game. Uh, in such a way that like spurs the ending, like the sale of the stadium itself. That was also the same in the uh, your previous one. The gang shows like, up in this mm. place with the intention of watching baseball games in and and so um they show up and and yes as, as you mentioned uh all of these ghastly events have led to the owner being like i'm actually gonna have to sell and i'm actually gonna be signing these papers like uh basically right away like within the next 24 hours the, the moment after that if i may that's different is that in this one the gang gets explicit permission to explore the place after hours uh, in the in the previous one the gang says hey we want to explore and poke around this place uh, just you know all access and he says i must be very careful right now and that's all he says to give permission here they actually get explicit permission throughout the episode they get that consent but just just the general idea that it, this is like a property mm. which i guess is not uncommon for scooby doo but here it is, like, the stadium and the team. Mm. I think they give, yeah, they give a lot of consideration for that and be cool. It's one of the real strengths of the show. Um, what other major parallels are there? Oh, h- hang on. If I may jump to one that's a little later in the episode. The uh, ball, the pitching machine. The pitching machine. The pitching machine plays a very significant role in the apprehending, the apprehending of the ghost. I was going to say apprehension, too. I was like, you said ding, and I said, sh- I was like, shun, no. <laughs> wow, good catch. Uh, it does. I would say it plays a pivotal role in this episode, um, more so than in the last one, even. I guess it does in both cases. Yeah, I think the last one, so go listen to our episode. I think it was two episodes ago, Demon of the Dugout. Uh, they use a pitching machine to knock the ghost into a net basically <laughs> i thought you were gonna say into a coma i would have accepted either both correct here it's <laughs> bludgeoned here that it might be similar i'm guessing ct it's it's gonna be brain damage either way but here the thing i love about it is that it actually plays into the mystery i thought was brilliant that was okay i mean let's let's start to go through this episode in, in broad strokes because okay this mystery is actually the way they solve it i thought was very cool it's it's so telling, I think, co- contrasting um, Scooby Doo and Scooby and Scrappy Doo, or Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo, whatever that show's called, the the Demon of mm. the Dugout, and this one, Be Cool Scooby Doo, because um, you get to see how they treat the characters mm. and their and their motivations, um, because in this case, Shaggy loves the Middleton gypsy moths yeah they're his favorite team ri- he's a huge baseball buff exactly previously we just assumed it was patriotism or just like that, that kind that why the gang was watching the american team in japan but this is all about shaggy presumably shaggy's the one dragging them here and we don't really have too much about what it is that established this love of this local baseball team just he says they were always there for me i would have loved a flashback moment there i would maybe even wager jcb had one pen that didn't make it in uh, and and it's it's significant to the point that 
Shaggy, it, it means so much to him that they solve this mystery and that the team not be sold and mm. that the stadium not be sold, that he actually uses that as motivation to be brave. To pursue the mystery, which we keep bringing up throughout the episode, is contrary to his nature. They do a great job of saying he's doing something that's unnatural to him, but making it make sense within this episode. So we have a lot of tension there, and we have a lot of depth to the character moments, and it's drawn out through his interactions with other characters. Can I pull out two examples? Yes, please. Uh, I, I think they're even in both in the same scene. It's when Shaggy's talking through whether or not the owner could be the villain. And maybe we'll get into that in a bit, but Shaggy's like, well, I'm not sure. If you think about it like this, I don't know if it makes sense like that. And Fred says, wow, Shaggy, that's a really great observation. Scooby, who are you? <laughs> and, uh, and it is kind of like, well, who is this Shaggy? But Scooby's voicing that for the audience, so it kind of makes it easier to accept that. And they keep reinforcing how important the team is to Shaggy, so it makes sense from that standpoint. This show has such good character moments, and, and it's built around the characters in a way that the older show just, I mean, it really wasn't. Scooby feels very betrayed. Shaggy, Shaggy's saying that this is a team, like, we're a team, we need to, we need to save them, and Scooby's saying, we, we're on a team, you and I, mm. we're a team, we're Team Scaredy Cat. Yes, that's right, that's at the very end, right? When... Uh, I think oh, it's, no, that's closest to it's more to the middle. That's early on, and I'm I'm jumping ahead. But at the end, when Shaggy like decides to do the brave thing and act as bait, rather than being kicked out there, he volunteers for it. Scooby volunteers alongside him, and they're both bait. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, Scooby's always our friendship is still here even as I change. It's it's a beautiful thing. Um, I thought that was really great. The Daphne du Jour was not my favorite of all the episodes we've seen, but its moment where it kind of earns its place, where it functions within the mystery, I thought was fantastic. Um, so the Daphne du Jour, for listeners who haven't heard our podcast cover this mm, show, of course. Um, Be Cool Scooby-Doo did something that's really not the norm for, well, it's it's almost like, it's almost like Be Cool Scooby-Doo was trying to make up for decades of <laughs> Daphne not having any interesting qualities. She had, her most, like, the qualities that most, like, made me, like, set up were the most disturbing ones. Like, they're ones that, like, oh, you shouldn't, don't just give her that, like... Uh, they didn't do a lot of great things with her. Danger-prone Daphne was her nickname for a time. So, so in each episode of Be Cool Scooby Doo, they're just like, what kind of, what fun little quirk, what, what, what could, what can Daphne be obsessed about in this particular episode? And so for, uh, so for Grand Scam, she acquires the, mm-hmm. uh, the the mascot suit. It's the, um, hold on, I wrote it down here. It's Maurice the Moth Scott. I love that. I also had that written down. Maurice the Mothscot. Uh, and she acquires it when the the previous uh, mascot strips down to his uh, like t-shirt and boxers from it because he's scared of the ghost. And then like gymnast vaults away. So many good kinetic moments. Also, I, one thing I have to say that just springboarding off of that, the animation here seemed really good even for Be Cool Scooby-Doo. Like it felt very snappy. Uh, it was really excellent. Um, lovingly rendered, as I wrote in my notes. As we always have to mention at this point. Lovingly rendered is almost our tagline. Welcome to the Scooby Dudes, lovingly rendered. Um, no, I love that. Um, but that's her du jour, is that she's trying to pep the rest of the team up, the gang up throughout the episode. And kind of the, the running gag throughout that is that she's bad at coming up with rhymes on the spot. Which had you know, some some good results. We're, we're very, very slowly making our way through, but we're sort of hitting things all the, like, and addressing them throughout the course of the episode for, for yeah, 
for da- for talk- the Daphne du jour, Sorry. the thing about her wearing the mascot suit is mm. she keeps trying to cheer on the rest of Mystery Incorporated, but she's bad at rhyming. Like, really bad at rhyming. Like, she has an opportunity to go scooby dooby doo for a rhyme, and what does she do? Like, scooby baba doo I, I, like, I don't, even, I don't even remember what it was. It's like, yeah, I was like, go, go, scooby doo uh, you can, you can too, Scooby Doobie, la 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 do. Yeah, I was like, and then afterwards, uh, oh, I could have gone for another Doobie. Um, which I think is, I liked it because I, from from my memory, hmm. all of the other Daphne du jours has been Daphne swiftly acquiring and mastering whatever it is that she's chosen to become fixated on. She's very good at puppetry in the first episode. Funny enough, the. The example that came to mind was not puppetry, it was the beard. I was going to say, she mastered wearing that beard in a heartbeat. She was instantly wearing that beard like an old pro. I genuinely thought that, and then I thought again, then I thought again, yeah. Uh, but here, I do like that she's not great at it. Typically, it's, it's the same in the regard that it functions to annoy Fred. Um, that's kind of the dynamic that exists between uh, Daphne and Fred. Fred is the straight man. So, and some of the gags with Daphne's suit were a little bit more broad, like she's knocking stuff over in the trophy room. But again, the way it completes in that locker room motivational speech is what really earns it for me. But if, if before we can get to that, can we talk tertiary characters? I think that might move us along. Yes. Um, and I believe there are... T- Three. You think three? I was going to say two, but I guess I guess three. Oh, I'm sorry. I think Oregon Lady counts as one, even though she's very minor. Okay. All right. Sure. No, you, you wouldn't really... No, no, no. I, she's, she's, a, she's an NPC, in, as you know far what? as I'm concerned. <laughs> she's a voiced character, a voiced named character. Do I know her name? So you're no, saying she's on, the, she's on the Screen Actors Guild now, is what you're saying? <laughs> she's got a, a credit, yeah. Uh, Georgia, that's her name. And she's voiced by Greg Griffin. Um... She's not the villain. I guess we're giving, we'll give it away now because she's so minor. But she plays the organ and has a couple of great gags, sound gags throughout the episode. If I can just mention along with that, I think it's great having it, having the organ in offered a great opportunity to have scary organ music. But organs are also a baseball staple. Really great. Uh, I, I like da, 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 Charge! Play ball! Right? Is yeah, that? You're right. Um, <laughs> say charge ball. Charge! I, I always want to say charge with that, but I guess. People would also say play ball if they were so inclined. Um, just a note while we're while I've mentioned something about the music, the music in the chase scene and in the opening was really great. It was this kind of bombastic big band, lots of brass sound, jazzy, jazzy. I, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it made me think of The Incredibles. Funny enough, which is high oh, praise. The Incredibles score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great score. Not necessarily the first thing you think about The Incredibles, but one of its many assets, I think. Okay, dude. No. <laughs> We're not gonna... <laughs> what? As soon as I said it, I'm like... As soon as I said it, I thought, you know what? A person who spends enough time on the internet would have a particular thing to say with regards to that. And maybe that's part of where mine came from. But I don't want that. I'm not proud of that if that is the case. And we're not going to explore that. We've already spent too much time talking about Mrs. Incredibles. Our... Okay. <laughs> 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 um, Again, my coworkers couldn't possibly find this. <laughs> okay, also, uh, look, I'm also just gonna... my name is Luke Doty, but I live in Tampa, Florida, and I play football. That's I'm that Luke Doty that we once Googled when we were in high school. 
Uh, I'm just going to run through. Um, they show up. Shaggy is concerned. Uh, he wants to solve the mystery because he cares about his team. They meet Jack Turner, who owns the place, who knows Shaggy, because Shaggy is such a huge fan. Um, they find out that the ghost is Chip Braverton, who is a former mm. gypsy moth. Can we... Yeah. Right, just really quickly, describe... let's describe mm. Chip Braverton. He's just a, I'd say, classic uh, baseball beefcake. Total uh, upper body, inverted triangle, classy mustache. Um, obviously, he's going to have hollow eyes, and he has ghostly white all over. And he's wearing what I think of as a typical baseball outfit that I typically imagine being Yankees. Yeah, kind of like an old school, an, uh, an old timey kind of... Uh... Yeah, the old knickers, um, I think, is something that could be said. He reminded me of, I guess, like, in a video game, he would be, like, a video game boss or, like, character. The the final boss in a video game, like, the villain on the other team is a perfect way of putting it. And, and the reason, well, the reason, the detail that really hits that home for me, no pun intended, is that his baseball bat has, like, a band of metal around it. You're right. Well, I... Sorry, there's a siren in the background. Well, that's passing. (laughs) (laughs) We're hearing the siren at first, like... And it's like, okay, fine, whatever. It is what it is. And then when it comes up again, it's like a baby crying. Like, Honestly, it was almost like this, that siren came in with like perfect comedic timing. <laughs> like, I think this siren is better at podcasting than we are. <laughs> I think it is. I think that siren has its own. It's, it's taking over for me. <laughs> it's almost like I'm imagining somebody exiting stage left and then they come screaming back oh, on boy. like Chris Farley in his prime. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Um I I'm not sure what it's called. Like I think like a bat grip choke or something or baseball donut is a weighted ring that they put on a baseball bat to help you kind of warm yeah. up and his is a metal freaking clamp. I looked at it multiple times, and I thought, this is a fundamentally a weapon. It's definitely used for clobbering people, and not for just, like, waiting the bat while you swing, because it's for practice. Okay, hey, hey, hang on. That's one possible use of it. I have every right to carry this metal ring baseball bat on me for hunting and self-defense. Too much? That'll be a little too much for this episode. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I want to get into gun rights, man. Sorry, I'm just going to close my window real quick, lest that uh, police siren upstage me again. Okay. So to, so to dive back into things, um, the detail about Velma, because every character, I think Fred is maybe given the shortest shrift in this episode. Fred doesn't have a mm. ton to do. I th- He's more there Fred is to mm. like be surprised at how uh, what's, what I'm, like effective Shaggy's being. Yeah, I, again, I think Fred is, in fact, extended, Fred's not just the straight man for Daphne. He's the consummate straight man for this series oftentimes. It just, I guess, his thing is still traps. It's still the mystery itself. But because Shaggy's taking over on the mystery, and this is not a trap-heavy episode, there isn't a whole lot for him to do but play the straight man. Uh, but Daphne, da- Vel- or Velma, yeah. tell us what Velma's thing is. Velma's thing, this game, makes perfect sense. It's a great character thing for him, her, and it's a great tie-in to... Part of baseball that people who don't like baseball don't think of. Statistics. Baseball is all about statistics. 
And uh, that's what Velma gloms onto is something that's fascinating to her about baseball. Yeah, it's all about ERAs and RBIs and... Um... Ugh. To me, this is... Statistics in baseball is so indicative of the fact that people are just searching high and low for anything that interests them in baseball. I mean, like, there's maybe statistics in every sport. Together, there are, but like baseball is a whole nother level, I think we can agree. The level of layperson interest in those statistics results in a greater depth than in other sports, but that's maybe just monkey ball, my monkey ball coming through. Money ball. Jeez Louise. <laughs> 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 you said monkey ball and i was like like that playstation game what the heck and i said monkey ball and i'm like yeah that's what it is that's is that that is nope wow you know what i'm gonna say you said monkey Should've ball monkey ball <laughs> you were you with such confidence i was like this can't be a gag i should have moved on. <laughs> there is no question of whether i was wrong it's just if it was a gag oh um, man this um, but yeah, Shaggy's the super fan who's kind of driving the mystery. Fred's kind of relegated to the wings. Velma's all about the statistics, and she's kind of calling out the baseball puns and the baseball jokes a lot, too. I will say that this is probably the perfect time to introduce um, the other... That's our... Uh, secondary character, mm. is what I'm going to call them. Because I think the gang is a primary character, so this would be a secondary character. Yeah, I'd, I'd call him a tertiary. tertiary. It's Dustin Wallsreath. Um, who immediately distinguished himself by his voice presence. I assume you looked him up. You know what? Near the tail end of the episode, I was listening to... What's his name? Dust, Dustin or Justin? Dustin. I was listening to Dustin, and I was like, Dustin's voice, I recognize. But I did not take the extra step to find out why it was that I recognized the voice. Yes! I love it. I wish. I hope you never look people up because I love anyone <laughs> to tell you. Please never do that piece of research. Keep doing all the other stuff because I'm not going to do it. But this one piece, this was Chris Parnell. Oh! Uh, who is it? Dr. Spichemin for our 30 Rock fans. Uh, the guy with the Calvin and Hobbes tattoo for our Hot Rod fans because I'm going to make a Hot Rod episode reference in this episode. Uh, he is just one of the funniest people alive. Oh man, that guy's so uh, and again like has a great voice, phenomenal voice, a great voice. I after like his third line, I thought this is not a principal cast member. This is somebody brand freaking new, and uh, I think he did great work as Dustin Wallsreath, an employee of the stadium who is a former really really crappy baseball player for the Moths. So currently the facility manager. As you said, formerly a player, specifically the one-time designated backup outfielder. Uh, so he, they would call him in in an emergency in an emergency to stand in the outfield. He also holds the team record for foul tips, which I like to think is just disgusting advice. Um, and he also holds the record for the team for strike sorry for strikeouts while bunting. Which does sound like the most pathetic thing imaginable. That is so sad. <laughs> Strikeouts <laughs> while punting. Oh, man. To, to me, that's like not even getting, sorry, niche reference, not even getting a, a, a medal for damage while playing as Junkrat. That's like you're going <laughs> the easiest way, shooting for the lowest bar, and you got nothing. Um, there's a very funny gag here where he's hmm. trying to introduce himself to Fred and Velma, um, and he says, I even have a bobblehead. And he's nodding like the bobblehead. I love this. And Fred and so Velma good. start 
uh, shaking their heads back and forth <laughs> like a bobblehead would. As he's, when he pulls out his bobblehead, like mimics the bobblehead bouncing at the same time. And just sort of like a very faint, like, like, which in this case is a bobblehead sound. I think the the visual humor in this episode is so good. And just a, another note on the animation it's so character driven the animation they throw so much towards like shaggy's expressions and the way he moves and the way his face reacts to different moments i thought this was fantastic all the way through had a real unity of tone and of uh feel um so that's dustin Wallsreath. he's i've forgotten he was the facilities manager that's a gotta be a big well-paying job yeah i would say i would say so Jeez, dustin like you're doing Uh, decently well but he can't stop bringing up his time on the team and he always wants recognition for that which no one gives him i'm going to dive from here into the ghost of what's his name i uh, the ghost of braverton chip chip braverton braverton uh, showing up he's chasing them around the field um daphne is pitching using the pitching machine against the ghost which i found very notable mm. because it's like demon of the dugout except that in this yes. case it's not a paunchy dragon beast. <laughs> Who's getting pelted mercilessly by a soulless dog in operation of this. Although Daphne takes a lot of pleasure from her time behind the, the triggers. Uh, but instead of that, he's instead of getting pelted, he's dodging most of these balls. And he balls. does have a bat, and he does manage to swat some of these, uh, some of these balls away. Um, and uh, Fred and... Fred and when I say they're being chased around, mm. I specifically mean just Scooby, Shaggy, and Daphne. Fred and Velma are in the announcer's box, and they're both mm-hmm. um, commentating, which is very. They're funny. giving Roman commentary, and they're really loading us up with any baseball puns that we might have thought we might have missed out on, like being in a pickle, being caught between two people who are getting about to be picked out. Um, I didn't write the other ones down, but there were more. Shaggy and Scooby are coming off a combined hiding behind things average of 380, oh, yeah. while they're running screaming Jeez, for their nice. lives average is a whopping 462. Uh, you mentioned the going between bases, which I thought was hilarious. Um, there's a Scooby dupe, but it's not Done. Scooby or Shaggy. It is a solo dupe by Daphne. I can't remember this ever happening before. And this is, I have to say, a great Scooby dupe. I wish I had thought of this for when we made our own Scooby Doops for the last episode. Daphne is enacting a scenario in which the social pressures are so <laughs> great that the monster, in this case, the ghost of Chip Braverton, is forced to comply. Uh, that's the Scooby Doop. Typically, Scooby and Shaggy, sometimes more members of the gang, always flim flam if he's around. Uh, what Daphne does is uh, Basically, uh, as Scooby and Shaggy are getting chased across the home plate and Chip Braverton slides to catch them, she calls him out! She's, she has um, the ump, the, like, the turtle ump, shell kind of which thing. Which really fits well with the mascot, now that I think of it. That's uh, visual synergy. And in a characteristic moment, like, it's such a baseball player has to do this. He jumps up, and Chip Braverton jumps up and protests the call. He, yeah, he, he, he's like... Oh, oh, I love and, that. And similar to your dupe from Demon of the Dugout, they yes, they kick mm-hmm. uh, dust at one another. Daphne, kick, they kick dirt on each other's feet, which is uh, like, hey, you even did the best thing for my, the only thing I contributed uh, last and time. And then Daphne like points um, behind, and so he goes back to like his dugout, and that's when they all make their escape. Yeah. Notably, we spend 
way more time in the dugout than in the episode titled Demon of the Dugout, in that we spend any time in a dugout in this episode. Um, there's also, uh, I'm kind of cutting around a little bit, but I want to mention we're getting chased around. There's a great chase scene around the perimeter of the baseball stadium. Kind of, you know, there's that open air ring mm-hmm. around the baseball yeah. stadium. They use some very nice subtle CG to generate that. And then, of course, traditional animation for everything else. And I thought it was really successful. It was kinetic. It had more of that great soundtrack. We ran through a uh, like gift store shop and everyone was covered in all the memorabilia and face paint. It was great. Yeah, so that is the second, uh, that's the second chase scene. That's the second chase and scene. And it I'm is, cutting around it is a little very bit. good. Um, you mentioned that there's CGI. The cart, I believe, for a lot of it is, is CGI, but it's really seamless. The, the cart is so subtle, I couldn't even call it. I, I thought, is this cart CGI? But I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Uh, the stadium is noticeably CGI, but again, it's very subtle. It's really woven together. Um, I think it's just one of, one of the better chase scenes we've seen, even in Be Cool, which is a cut above. I actually think, you know what, let's fast forward to that. I'm just going to hit what happens in the interim, mm. um, which is that um, they go in, they find some, they go into a museum, uh, they reach the office of Jim Turner. They notice that he'll be able to earn a lot of money. Shaggy points out, as you mentioned earlier, huh, this is so weird. If he's going to earn a lot of money, he doesn't have to scare people away. He could literally just sell the stadium whenever he, he sell wants. It anytime. Honestly, he doesn't say it, but it'd probably be worth more if you sold it before you made it, like, uh, thought to be haunted. Um, and yeah, Fred, I, I, love, I love the moment when Fred affirms Shaggy there. That made me feel so nice. It's, it's a genuine character interaction. It's a genuine moment. It's like, yeah, Shaggy does have this depth, and Fred's learning that for the first time. And that's like, uh, it's, and that makes what Scooby's feeling all the more meaningful. Like, I felt things there. I don't normally feel things. My coworkers know that much. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Your coworkers who are not <laughs> listening to this episode. Who are not listening to this episode, but they know. Um... Then they run into uh, the the owner, Jim Turner, I, which I believe is his name, and um, Shaggy to sort of explain what they're doing. To solve a mystery, you have to touch every base. Well, that is a baseball metaphor, so I guess that's okay. <laughs> that's that kind of humor. When I first saw it in Be Cool, I thought, I can't believe this exists in an episode of Scooby Doo. This is one of my favorite things. I would never thought I would have seen here. It's wonderful. If I can touch on the trophy room, there is one gag I really loved in there. Um, yeah, the, the little museum that they that they walk through. The little museum, um, if I may. Shaggy's like, wow, look, it's Jim McCoy's real baseball club. And the real Jim McCoy. And there's an old man. Standing behind glass, I think maybe even posing, as if he's been there for, we don't. He is posing, he is posing. yes. <laughs> and all he says is I've made poor life choices <laughs> that got me oh and also in that scene when the gang runs into Dustin Walsworth who's trying to show them all of his really crappy personal memorabilia um, and they're like well we want to go into that other room and he says okay but be warned there's nothing about me in that room <laughs> uh, that, that line coupled with Pr- Chris Parnell really landed um this is what leads to them uh, having a little bit of a chasing where they are on a go-kart, which I call the Mothmobile mm. because it looks like uh, Maurice the Ooh, Mothstot. Nice. Um, and this does have that jazzy, you call it Incredibles-esque uh, score. It's all being done by, M- what's her name? 
the old lady oh georgia she's the one who's georgia is like playing all of it she's like playing the drums in the saxophone she's like really getting into it um swing batter batter maybe is what it's called written by jake monaco yeah or monaco probably monaco probably and yep. there's some really jake, i'm sorry you do great work uh really great just like baseball gags like they're using like a t-shirt cannon to like get chip braverton uh. to stop chasing them um mm. and they hit him and then he's wearing like a number one fan t-shirt as he like chases them <laughs> so many things like even that i didn't even have a moment to grasp it so many notes i needed to take for the wonderful parts of this episode they clothesline him on the dugout roof that's correct as they careen down the hall really kinetic moment really probably splatted chip i assume this is a different person entirely <laughs> who's terrorizing them for the rest of the episode uh, but what we cut to is, I think, a great emotional scene. We have these a lot in Be Cool episodes, but I think this one really lands because it's a locker room pep talk, and it comes from Daphne, who's the mascot, who's been trying to cheer everyone up. This is the subject of her du jour. Uh, so I think it really works. I really like... I was talking to some friends about this recently, but I really like 90s movies, and I really like 90s movies about sports because there's, there's an hmm. unabashed cheesiness about them. Like, they know that this is really, like, saccharine, but but they're, like, mm. but it was at a time where that was okay. I mean, I think Miracle Season just came out, so I'd say it's still considered okay. I mean, I, you know what? I just, I regret this every time. I always think about it, and I'm always like, I wish I could quote this, and then I put no effort into it. It's mm. like, isn't it, like, Friday Night Lights, where it's something about, like, clear hearts or eyes or something? Pure clear hearts? Eyes, strong hearts or something? Yes, clear eyes, strong hearts. I always want to quote that, and I never, I can never remember what the exact words are. Clear eyes, full hearts. Clear eyes, speech. Clear eyes, full hearts is all it is. I do not know because I don't. Is it? Is it Friday Night Lights? Friday Night Lights. I th- actually, hang on. Let me let me look at it up again. What I think is really funny clear about eyes. clear eyes, full hearts is I always in my mind, um, conf- mm-hmm. or not like juxtapose it with bill pullman in independence day so that they're the same speech where he says like clear eyes full hearts and they will remember (laughs) uh yeah that's anyway speeches i like i like these big emotional (laughs) motivational inspiring speeches i'm into it I'm sorry, I gotta cut back to Friday Night Lights. I tried watching the video Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, and it just opens up with a coach saying, hey, listen to me, like a million times in a row. (laughs) Hey, listen to me. Hey, listen to me. Hey, listen to me. Hey, listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe not that. That was me trying to go. I'm trying to match that siren. Let me put it in the show notes. Uh, By the way, that siren is one of my coworkers. (laughs) So I'm feeling really shown up right now. Uh, Uh, But like you said, Daphne's um, the one who... Mm -hmm catalyzes them nice nice word uh yeah she does i i don't have a note on what she really says but it's a good inspirational scene i everyone has like a towel over their shoulder which immediately after a chase scene is a nice like that's a good visual gag and it's subtle uh yeah and and well i mean like the one notable thing is that Uh. daphne is all of her her whole speech rhymes like this entire episode, she's been mm. struggling, but now oh, in their right. time of need, she's rhyming. She's a regular. Uh, how do you say, Jason Mraz? 
Actually, I didn't catch the gag there. I'm sorry. What was the joke? Uh, we did a jam session a long time ago. Oh, that's right. Where you said, and it really frustrates me that I don't have an actual clip of you saying this in any capacity. He's the greatest rapper of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. There are some moments in my life that I just block out. Dude, I'm sorry, this is a tangent, but I was walking, lately I've had this problem of when I'm walking around, or just sitting around, and I remember an embarrassing moment from my life, where, like where I said Jason Mraz was the greatest rapper of all time, on record with you, and then later deleted that file, pretended I lost it. No, I'm kidding, I really did lose it. But like, I've lately when I'm sitting or walking around, I'll just be like, no, <laughs> and I did that. <laughs> Today I was walking home from work, and this guy is leaving a bank, and I'm just walking past him like, because mm. <laughs> the memory of some embarrassing moment came back to haunt me right then and now when i'm walking around randomly i'm gonna remember that moment and i'm gonna go oh <laughs> i definitely have these i was thinking about this today because i also remembered something very embarrassing and that i have these like touchstones in my life that will always just like they're like these beacons in my memory that i'll yeah. always be able to return to I think of them as like hot memory stoves, <laughs> like stove tops or something like just my, my, my remember hand. Oh God. <laughs> Wilt. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Um, they, uh, Shaggy has, to, Sha- Fred's like, this is going to be really dangerous. I'll be the bait. And Shaggy's like, no, Fred, let me mm. be the bait. I have the most experience. Scooby joins him because they're a team. Just one last note on that locker room conversation I'm remembering now. Fred ends it. Everyone goes around and basically says a baseball pun, and then Fred says, yeah, we're going to throw we're gonna throw old Chip a real curveball. Like a solid beat of silence, and then everybody in the gang like goes out. I'm like, oh, that's really bad. Like, that was, and I just love Scooby. You can really cut him out of that group. Like, enough already. <laughs> <laughs> Giving Scooby, him the meanest thing was the best part. He speaks so little he does com- comparably so little in be cool scooby-doo but it's always it's like concentrated scooby-doo exactly it's distilled it's um they they really perfected the scooby formula they they're really the uh, jcb and zach moncrief are i'm gonna say it the the walter white and jesse pinkman of be cool scooby-doo they've uh they've perfected the formula it's 99 percent pure Uh, I think that's pretty solid. <laughs> we, we're going to have to ask JCB who's the uh, Pinkman of the two. Wait, oh, sorry. I thought you meant of the two of us. It's you. It's definitely oh, you. I, I meant of the two of them, but yeah, no, it is. Because I'm not the villain at the end. I live. Have you seen all of Breaking Bad, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank goodness. Whoa, have all of our listeners? I you don't know. know. What? <laughs> this show, Breaking Bad, ended so long ago a long time ago look if i'm spoiling better call saul then you can get upset at me although really breaking bad did did that ahead of better call saul is so good i'm gonna come out on on netflix so i can watch it anytime it is in my opinion better than better better than breaking bad get out of here i i i know what kind of statement that is and i'm still making it um the gang gets ready to trap uh the ghost the ghost chip with Shaggy as the bait, and again, Scooby joins him, saying, hey, no, we're still that scaredy cat team, even if you're acting brave. Uh, they catch, whatever, they catch Chip Raverton. It's pretty, well, 
Well, again, Velma hits him in the head with one shot, like a, or Daphne like a sniper does. shot. Daphne, excuse me. Daphne snipes him, and they really zoom in on her, like, maniacal grin. Yeah, she, like, you, she you smiles. felt that moment. Uh-huh. She really smiles, and they really hang on it. But here's the cool thing. Here's, well, I don't know. It's cool. Be cool it's respects not, the mystery. That's cool. It's maybe not something that could ever happen in real life. But, okay, so they pull the mask off, and it is Dustin. Which we kind of really felt, because they ruled out the owner partway through the episode, and Georgia, kind of to your point, was never really a suspect. Well, it's kind of funny, because just as they were about to unmask him, in the recesses of my mind, I was like, the mascot man? (laughs) Maybe, maybe mascot man. (laughs) (laughs) But that's way back in the recesses. Maybe mascot man. <laughs> and Evan way up here in the front, right in the front row. Huh. Sorry, did I say the recesses of my mind? I meant my mind went on recess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into why it was definitely Dustin. Aside from the fact that he was the only person who had enough screen time to, to do it uh, or to be it. The clues that they see throughout are really great. For one thing, we learn a little bit about uh, everybody's batting averages throughout the episode. And there's even attention drawn to when uh, the ghost is hitting, like swinging at all the balls. They say, wow, he's not really hitting a lot of them. Or like his batting average really went down. And in fact, apparently, if we were paying a lot of attention, we could have picked up that the the uh, chip was only hitting, I think, 4 out of 20? or something. 4 out of 26. Four out of twenty-six, which comes out to a one point one four batting average. Exactly one five four. One five four. Man, I am so close, but still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like close enough where maybe you could just let it slide, man. <laughs> well, it, it's all to say if that. if statistics worked the way baseball fans would like them to work, someone would go to bat twenty-six times and hit four, and that would be the case every time instead of averaging out across right like you can have radically different games that barely impact your overall average so it is it's playing a little bit fast and loose fastball and loose uh there with it but i thought it was a a good use of something they built deeply into the uh, fabric of the episode basically they realized this can't really be chip braverton because chip braverton was very good at baseball he was better than ty cobb (laughs) <laughs> well, he was he was better than Ty Cobb by quite a few points he also this couldn't be Chip Braverton because Chip Braverton is right handed I think and this guy is left handed or vice versa um and I think that's that is a guess about it that's it wow I, never um, mind I thought they had more clues <laughs> I mean I, it, there was this whole thing where they found these little like polka dots in oh, like yeah. the dugout and it was which the, I thought was they're pretty obviously um, footprints from someone wearing cleats. Well, we have a lot of, like, cleat shots. Maybe it's not cleat shots, but I just noticed cleats a lot throughout the episode. Like, you really see them gripping the dirt. Uh, yeah, J- Joss Whedon and or Quentin Tarantino directed this episode. I just have to point out when directors have foot fetishes. So I almost sorry. shouted out that Nickelodeon fight, f- former pervert, but you know what? He doesn't need the shout out. Oh, I think he's still a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think I might have gotten that Dan exactly Schneider. wrong. You're thinking He's of Dan Schneider. No longer with Nickelodeon, still a pervert. No, actually, he was fired from his pervert position. Nickelodeon took him back. They just didn't want him moonlighting. I do not, not going to keep that in. 
Uh, <laughs> um, All right, take us home. Take, take us, us home. home. Country roads. Uh, the, the for the end of the episode, it's a nice gag. Scoop Shaggy gets offered the opportunity to throw out the first pitch of the night, um, which he heartily accepts. This is, of course, his. I don't think he's ever done this, despite being a mega fan. Like he's more famous than most of the baseball players mega fan. Um, and he throws out the first pitch to Scooby. I thought that was mostly going to be the gag, but then we see that he throws a hot dog to Scooby because they have a hot dog gag earlier where Shaggy decides not to eat the hot dog to focus on the mystery. That's not even the full gag. The full gag made me laugh out loud. Is it? Well, why, though? Because I, I was so fully expecting Scooby just to eat the hot dog. Just, like, jump up in the air. Yep, slow motion. Scooby rips off the catcher's mask, jumps up in the air, eats the hot dog. But that's not what happens. Like, he like catches the hot dog in his paw and like like guides it into his mouth and then bites off part of it and then chucks it back the other half back at shaggy <laughs> it was great and then shaggy catches it midair like that's a beautiful moment of intimacy to end on yeah man man and man's best friend yeah in fact i think I, I like that moment so much, Evan. I've prepared a little something to, to really bring this episode home. I've uh, gotten Ipti Sam to uh, prepare half of a hot dog in a bun and stand behind my webcam. I, I've, ju- I've just mailed you a hot dog in a bun that should be arriving by courier this very moment. Uh, if you could answer that. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's <laughs> you could have okay. You could have waited for me to knock. I, could have, I was afraid you weren't going to. <laughs> I was about to. I had well, my hand stretched out. I, why would I wait for you to? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> there's a knock on my door. Hey, right, this on, bit is on. canceled. <laughs> Take me out of the episode. It's time to go to sleep. Man, I should not have gone for that second line. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the end of the episode. We're still the Scooby Dudes, but now we're tired Scooby Dudes. We need to go to sleep. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Uh, uh, so th- you stuck with us for the whole episode. Now you must want to know all the ways you can follow up with us. <laughs> Evan. Uh, can you can you tell us uh, all the ways they can follow up with us? Yeah, I'll just do all of them. Uh, follow us on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash the Scooby Dudes. Facebook.com slash Scooby Dudes. Read us an email, Scooby Dudes Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, go to our website, please, and you can check out some cool show notes. Uh, we linked, we mentioned a bunch of videos in this episode. Um, and then there will be screenshots with funny captions. ScoobyDudes.com. Pretty straightforward. Okay. Uh, and lastly, but not leastly, actually, this is not lastly. There's still one more thing after this. Neither lastly nor leastly, but that's cool. Please go to iTunes if you can. Or, yeah, if you can, leave us a five star review, and I, Evan, will read them at the end of the podcast. She sure will. He'll read them verbatim. And you know what? If you can't go on iTunes, but you still want to follow up with us, there's one. I'd say even better thing you can do for us. If it comes down to one or the other, if you can only do one, go to patreon.com slash scoobydudes and give us your hard-earned cash. Take that money that you earn or that mommy and daddy give you and give it to us. Uh, okay, oh boy, chin on, chin on both hands. <laughs> I gotta pull this back. I'm losing Evan with that bit. Mommy and daddy didn't go over well. To sleep. <laughs> Let me see that. <laughs> yeah, back on track. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Scooby Dudes. 
I'll do anything for a laugh. <laughs> and uh, if you can donate to us, you'll be doing it in exchange for additional content on top of what we release to the general public. Uh, you're going to be getting additional gags, uh, little music clips, little uh, audio clips. And above all, you'll be helping us uh, fund the podcast. It doesn't cost a lot to do, um, but it costs something. And the money you give us, meager as it is, helps. To sleep. <laughs> you do. I saw you like, you gonna do it, Luke? You gonna do it? Yeah, I'm gonna do it, man. You know I'm gonna do it. That's all the ways they can follow up with us. Uh, it's been a fun episode. Evan, thank you for bearing with me. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, no, wait. What else do we have? If you do, Oh, if you if donate you, to us. Yeah. If you do give us money. <laughs> if you give us money when we remember it, and we always remember it. There's been like two times where we don't remember to present no, no, it. No, I think we've always remembered it. We haven't always remembered to present it, but I will throw it in after the fact if I have to. But we will shout you out every single week. No, I won't throw it in after the fact. We do it fresh every time. Uh, never prepackaged. Uh, never reheated. We will shout your name out, not just the first time you donate, and we will do it a big time the first time you donate, but every single week on the podcast, we will say the name of you, our beloved donor or potential donor. Not our potential donors. We only do it for our real donors, but we do it every week. One thing, to thank people who listened all the way through this episode, to just say one last thing about the episode we just watched and discussed, the the moth, the gypsy moth, does not look at all like that. Uh, but when I was watching this episode, it doesn't look like, it was like, what, purple and yellow or something like that? Houghton colors? Uh, yeah, it looked you, garish, pretty garish. For a second, I thought you had totally checked out, and you're like, no, nah, man, I'm done talking about the episode. <laughs> You're on your own. I'm off the clock. <laughs> Which would be understandable because we're over Don't time. Don't put this in the podcast. But mm. you know what's surprising? Mm. Is how bad Hannah is at words with friends. See, you say not to put that in the podcast, but you, you've already told me this off air. So <laughs> what other purpose could there be? <laughs> no, I just mean she's still bad. Oh, she's still bad. Thank you. I was wondering if anything had changed there. Okay, you know, if you I leave think... this in the podcast, I'm just going to edit it out. Really? You'll do that? I 100% will. What if I What if I bleep his or her name? Do you play Words with Friends with enough people that that would give you cover? I mean, I also play with Gordon. But that's it? I play with other people, but I don't think anybody else listens. It's, it's a little conspicuous. What if I bleep the name and the game? Words with bleep? Words with... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what you have to do? Bleep out the word... So I can say that they're still so... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>